It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. I tell you what, tonight's going to be a great night. Chris Hardwick at the Morrison Center. Very funny dude. Of course, Talking Dead. Nerdist. He was on Talking Bad for a while as well. I mean, the guy's almost everywhere. He hosts all the Comic-Con stuff. He's one of the busier dudes ever. And he's going to be in town tonight at the Morrison Center. Tickets still available. We're lucky enough to have him on the phone with us right now in advance of that fun. Chris Hardwick joins us. Chris, first of all, thank you for joining the show. Second of all, seriously, what's it like being probably one of the busiest guys in show business? I, I just like being busy. I don't. I start to get antsy when I sit around. And, you know, I think when you're a performer, you you – remember the times where no one wanted to work with you and so you just kind of when you get offered things that sound fun it's hard to go no i don't want to you know i don't want to do that show about zombies i don't want to go do stand-up i don't want like i i just can't say no to stuff that i that sounds amazing because i don't know i just feel like i don't know if these opportunities last forever i I think we've been conditioned to think that they probably don't in, in the entertainment business so i'm just trying to enjoy it while it's available you, you know you sure made those things work i mean with the hard work but uh, right place right time for a lot of this stuff when it comes to i guess nerddom whether it be the talking dead or uh the nerdist and and of course you know all the stuff at, at comic-con I, I was there this last year uh, i've been going every year and I, I happened to get into hall h the first time uh this year it, it was amazing and so worth waiting for 20 hours like a weirdo out in the parking lot <laughs> Oh yeah, did you? Were you, were you lined up on around the side of the building? I, I, no, I tell you what, I, I was there for. I was trying to get in on Saturday, so I was stuck over way in the corner uh, Friday all day, and then I got the biggest treat ever. I mean, because of the Star Wars concert, we were right next to where they were dropping off all the celebrities for the concert. So uh, we scored big time sitting out there all day. But that's kind of a rare thing, I think. That's cool, though. I mean, it's yeah, what they did this year. Marching the cast and marching uh, all the stormtroopers and and everyone like seven thousand people, uh, it, w- it was pretty amazing. Although there's a really there's a bummer story about that, which is that right before we were about to go out and do this panel, it was super secret. No one knew that that you know everyone was going to march outside and go see this John Williams concert. And uh, I think I think we all thought we were the last panel and i got a text right before we were about to go out to do the star wars panel from kevin smith who was like hey dude do you mind just making sure people stay around for my panel which is right after the star wars panel and i was like no because i couldn't tell i couldn't say uh no because of this thing that they're doing because i was legally not allowed to tell them so uh that that was that was sort of a that was sort of a bummer for Kevin. How hard is it to do those those conventions, those Q and A's, those 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 you know kind of presentations that they do? Is it, is it difficult to figure out and get it all in in that time frame that you have? Well, I, I I've been doing it for years and years and years, so I, I've I've got it down. I'm pretty good at it, but it does. I mean, there's a lot that you have to deal with, and I did 11 panels this year at Comic Con, so yeah. my brain was a little fried because you really. You know, you're in front of thousands of people, and there's a panel of people that they all wor- that all those people worship. But a lot of those people aren't really comfortable talking in front of people live. You know, which is why they're film actors and TV actors. So they uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a just get them to open up or talk or whatever. But but I it's not ultimately it's really fun and easy, and I I love doing it. I mean, I would go to conventions every weekend if I could. Well, you know, you you can you can magically get uh, a curmudgeon like Bruce Dern to talk and be funny. So, 
Uh, that that's incredible right there. <laughs> but, oh yeah, for the for the hateful eight panel, you must have seen the hateful eight panel. Yeah, that's why I stood in line for twenty hours was to see that. And did it meet your expectations? Yeah, yeah, I was totally. Uh, it was it was great because we got to see so much awesome footage that nobody else has seen from that movie, and you know it was it was all because uh, of of Quentin and that whole thing. So that that was really great, and um, and I wonder, you know, how much when you're doing that, does does do you start to build material for your stand up in, in a situation like that? Do you do you get some good material from doing those panels? It's one of those things where you just kind of need to be there because it's hard to paint the picture for other people who aren't a part of the Comic-Con world or who weren't that specific one. You know, there were there were a couple stories that were really funny that uh, I've told on stage before. One being that uh, a few years ago I moderated a panel that Harrison Ford was on and he's sort of half he's sort of half cranky, half like pretending to be cranky, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because uh, he thinks it's sort of funny to be this kind of cranky old man character, but I think he kind of is a little bit. And so, uh, I mean, you can imagine what it's like to have Harrison Ford at Comic-Con. You can, you can, I, I mean, is there anyone bigger that you could put in front of those people? <laughs> and uh, so he's up on the panel, and the first panelist gets up to ask, a, I mean, the first uh, audience member gets up to ask a question, and, you know, this person's nervous, he's, this person's talking in front of 7,000 people, he's talking to Harrison Ford, he's also the first question. I mean, everything about it was... Uh, diarrhea-inducing. So, <laughs> so this person uh, says something to Harrison Ford, which I guarantee Harrison Ford has been hearing his for the last 40 years. But he goes, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Ford, um, so what would Indiana Jones say if he met Han Solo? And then you could just, you could just, you could just see the, the wave <laughs> wash over Harrison Ford, and, and he, uh, he just leans into the mic and he goes, uh, uh, Hello. I mean, it was funny, but it, you know, it was, you know, it, it, some of the best experiences I've ever had have been at Comic Cons. Chris Hardwick joins us. He's uh, playing tonight at the Morrison Center. Go check out his stand up. It's amazing. You already have a stand up special slated for next year that you're going to film in San Francisco. So it's clear, despite all that goes on, stand up's still the priority for you. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, because uh, sometimes people will say, uh, doesn't it suck to have to travel every week? And I go, yes, it sucks to have to travel every weekend, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't love stand-up. I mean, it's my, that's the thing I've been doing forever. I mean, I've been, I've been doing stand-up, you know, regularly since 1998 is when I, you know, started doing it full-time. So, um, yeah, and, and, and honestly, it, I've never performed in Boise before. I'm very excited about performing in Boise. Uh, my stand-up doesn't suck balls, so you should come out and see it. Because <laughs> you know, when people see you host and they don't not familiar with the stand-up, they're like, well, that guy does stand-up? I don't know. But I promise you're in good hands. I've done this for a long time, and the shows are really fun. And I'll even during the show, I'll kind of do this weird Q&A segment that's Comic-Con-esque. And I don't know. It's I, I just hope people come out because, I, guys, I judge my self-worth based on whether or not people show up. So it's very important. <laughs> They'll be there. Trust me. Uh, I know there's just a few tickets left, so it's going to be uh, worthwhile to uh, to check out the show tonight. Uh, Chris, you recently turned over things uh, from Nerdist to Hardwick on, on a lot of the social networking things because this, yeah. this Nerdist thing has gotten pretty, pretty large. Uh, when did it turn into this ridiculous media hub? Was there a particular turning point where it got really, really big? I don't know. It's just always been a series of steps. You know, I started it as a blog because I was really sick of 
you know, working in the entertainment business where you have no control over anything. And uh, sometimes you, a lot of times you work on stuff that you don't really care about, you know, on a deep level, but you want to work. So you work, you know, you put in the time. And so I just started this, I started Nerdist because I just kind of needed to express the stuff that I was into for myself. And then it got bigger and then we took on, then I had to take on other people to write on, on it because I couldn't keep up with it every day with all my other jobs. And then I started the podcast and that spawned many podcasts and then a video channel. And then the site, the editorial side of the site blew up. And then we started producing television shows and then legendary bought us a couple years ago, but we still run it. And so, I don't know, it's been a series of steps, but, but changing from Nerdist to Hardwick felt weird because my handles on everything were always Nerdist. But at a certain point it was like, uh, I do things that aren't, Nerdist, so I'm. I do more than Nerdist does, but then Nerdist does a lot more than I do. And I was Nerdist, and they were Nerdist.com, and so it was confusing if someone said Nerdist said dot dot dot, and the people would go, well, "Was that you, or was that was that the company?" And, right. You know. And I also wanted my handles back so I could make filthy jokes again on social media. <laughs> you feel a, you feel a responsibility when people think you're speaking for your company. You're like, okay, I better you know I better be a little more tame. And so uh, I thought it was just. I thought it was the uh, the smart thing to do for all of us was to turn it over and give it to the company to simplify their efforts too. Hey Chris, uh, recently uh, you got engaged, which is which is awesome. Uh, you talk in front of you know millions of people on TV every week. Uh, I talk on the radio all the time, but I remember being incredibly nervous still, even though I thought I knew the answer to the question when I popped the question. Was it nerve wracking for you at all to actually go through with that? Um, well, let me ask you this: how, how long had you been planning to do it? Was this something that you had been planning for months? Well, we had go, we had been dating for like seven years before I actually popped the question, so I had a, I had a lot of buildup. Were you just like at that point, are you just on the toilet? And you whip the door and go, "Are we married yet?" Because I'm pooping and I'm talking to you, and it feels like we've been together a long time. It was about that romantic when I did it. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> well, I I had been. We've only been together for about a year. Not only. I mean, that's that's a, that's a while. I mean, I, I don't know. I sort of feel like, yeah, you should probably know by then. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I had been kind of planning on doing it, but not really. Sort of just sort of digging around, and then um, you know, I, I, I talked to her mom and was you know asking for permission to because her dad's not alive anymore, and uh, uh, and so. Her mom, I, I was like, yeah, I think we're going to get married at some point. I just don't. And her mom's like, yeah, what are you waiting? You're not 20. What are you waiting for? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not 20. You know, like I just had that realization. I'm like, I'm very much an adult. And so uh, it, it all came together very quickly because, the you know, we at midnight won an Emmy. And so we went to the these Emmy Awards. And I did it that night because I just I was like, oh, we're going to be dressed up. <laughs> and I can I can trick her into thinking there's an after party at this really fancy hotel in town, but then I'll just I'll just get a suite and you know I threw flowers all over the floor. Like I just had them thrown all over the floor. I was like, just throw flowers all over the floor, and they did. And uh, and so I yeah, so I tricked her, which is funny because it's really it's the only acceptable time that it's where you can trick your significant other and they won't leave you. <laughs> you can you can lie to them. It's funny because you can lie to their face, and it's the only time where that's acceptable. That's so, true. Uh, so I, I actually, I wasn't nervous. I was, you know, we went to the Emmys. I was nervous about that. Yeah. And then, so they balanced each other out. Each thing that balanced each other out. 
So uh, it was it was fine. And I also knew it was the right thing to do. There you go. Well, congratulations, my friend, on, on all the success. Really looking forward to tonight's show uh, at the Morrison Center. Chris Hardwick, do yourself a favor. Go check out some great stand-up. It's always great catching up with you, man. Thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate it, sir. Oh, you guys are great, and you actually knew stuff about me. Sometimes when I do morning radio shows, they're like, yeah, what do you do? And you guys were... <laughs> engaging and you went to comic-con and i'm i'm so happy to have been on your show ah, we're fans we're fans man listen we're real star <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess i better go towel off then <laughs> well thanks chris we'll see you tonight man we appreciate it thanks see you tonight